Okay, so at this time, we have the pleasure of having a sermonette brought to us today by Mr. Art Williams, and it is entitled, The Fast Day. Day of Atonement. Probably the most prominent aspect of the Day of Atonement is that it is a fast day. Of course, fast has nothing to do with how fast the hour hand goes around the clock. And for a lot of us, maybe this day isn't a fast day, but a slow day. So it's a fast, slow day. The day of Atonement is one of the holy days in God's plan. And it's part of the outline of his plan for man. Beginning in the Old Testament as an example and a shadow of things to come, the Holy Days transition into the New Testament, beginning with the Passover and the redemption, the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we've moved along through Pentecost and on to the, through trumpets onto the Day of Atonement. I want to examine two aspects of the Day of Atonement, two of the many aspects. One aspect, your personal relationship with him through the Day of Atonement. And the second aspect is the event in prophecy. Before many of us were ever even born, including myself and most of us, well, definitely all of us in this room, Jesus Christ gave his sacrifice. And before people of that day were even called to accept his sacrifice, he gave his sacrifice. As it says in Romans 5.16, For in when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through his death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So there are two aspects of it. His death gives us the reconciliation, and through his life, we're saved. Because if there was no resurrection and he was not resurrected, then it's all for nothing. And because we have a sinful nature, that Paul talks about in Romans, and we won't turn there, we've been there many times, we fight the Christian fight, the fight against ourselves, and the influences, and the negativities that our society and our world throw upon us that sometimes causes us to run off the road and into the ditch. But the foundational principles are still there, and that's what we cling to. And the Day of Atonement is part of these. Back in Jesus' time, in Matthew 9, 14 through 15, we find that the fast days had become a ritual, and the meaning had gone out of it. And beginning in verse 14, he says, Then came to him his disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? And he's talking here not about whether you keep the Day of Atonement or not, but they had made this into a ritual. They would fast sometimes many times a week. And 
and that became an, era, an aspect of pride. And they would brag, and there's some scriptures about it. I fast so many times a week. And going on in verse 15, And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then they shall fast. And fasting is part of obtaining his character value in us. It's part of him using, creating in us, us as the clay, and him molding us into the creature that he wants us to be. It says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And in Philippians 2.21 he says, For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. And that's part of our, our goal, part of the problems that society thrusts upon us, is that they all seek their own interests and not Jesus, but we need to be focused on those things of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added on to you. And the seeking of own interests and it's so... imperceivable that these things can happen to us. We get caught up in the, the popularity of the day, the popularity of society, and we get drug along, and then sometimes we get pulled up short, and we say, wait a minute, does God want me doing this? Is this something that he condones? Because he says in Colossians 3.1, If you have then been risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Our overall goal, to seek to be like Christ, to seek his priorities, and to ultimately be a ruler in his kingdom. So it comes from being redeemed in his atonement all the way full circle to your reward. And part of that is in the instructions in Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58 verses 3. I think I'll turn there in my Bible rather than read it from my printout. And he, he kind of is, is evaluating them here. And he asks them the question, Why have you fasted? They say, And thou hast not seen. They're expecting God to hear them, what they're saying and what they're doing. And so they're fasting not for the purpose that God has, but it's penance. It's a form of penance. Twist God's arm. I'm going to suffer myself by not eating food and drink. And so I'm suffering down here. God, then you have to hear me. 
Why have we fasted, they say, and thou hast not seen? Why have we afflicted our soul, and thus has no knowledge in it? Sorry. <laughs> Stop, will you? I'm expecting phone calls. I can't shut it off because of the security system at home comes through my phone. So if there's a break-in at my, my place, I have to have that on. So I'm alerted that there's a security breach at, at the house. So I can't mute my phone while I'm here at services. That, that's, I knew that would happen. That's from my vet. We, we had a very mournful week. You know, it says the Day of Atonement is the Day of Mourning. Well, we had a very mournful week. We moved back in April. And since we moved in April, we moved there with four house pets. Let me take this. I'll call him back. Hello? Yeah, can I call you back? I'm right in the middle of a message. Can I call you right back? Okay. Thank you. Okay. That, that, that was the vet from the emergency vet uh, clinic up in Pryor, Oklahoma. But this, we moved out to Locust Grove back in April, and uh, we moved there with four pets. Since we've lived there, we've lost three of them, two of them this past week. One of them passed away of cancer on Wednesday, and the other one died of an accident on Thursday. So it has been a very traumatic week, and uh, that was the vet regarding one of the animals. But anyway, continuing here, you fast for strife, continuing in verse 4, but you fast for strife and debate. See, the whole purpose of why they're fasting. It says back in verse 3, we have afflicted our souls and you have not acknowledged it. That's penance. Oh, we're twisting our own arm. We're hurting ourselves. You should hear us because we're doing this. And his answer to this fasting, God, in an in incorrect way. And he, he, the last part of verse 4, you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Our fasting isn't to make God hear our voice. It has a much bigger purpose. Continuing in verse 5, it is such a fast that I have, is this the fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul, to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread his sackcloth and ashes under him? Will all... Will you call this a fast and acceptable day to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens and to let the oppressed go free. Loose the bands of wickedness. Sometimes we get encompassed by the bands of wickedness. Your house gets broken into. Uh, some other evil happens where a loved one of yours is killed. To undo the heavy burden, the heavy burdens, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, foreclosure on your house, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. There's the correct fast and the purpose. And he continues on. Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry and and you bring the poor that are cast out of, your, of houses to your house? When you see the naked, that you cover him? And that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? 
That describes the correct reasons for fasting and its core to our relationship uh, with God the Father and Jesus Christ. And with that, I want to transition into what it means into the world and end time prophecy. And there's actually a, a description of the day of atonement given in the Old Testament. It's in Zechariah 12, 5 and 6. Zechariah 12, 5 and 6. This is coming in and actually on the day of trumpets. When the governors of Judah and the people of Judah recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. Starting in verse 5. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength in the Lord of hosts their God. Interesting. They're no longer looking to other nations for strength and protection. The governors, notice that's plural, not the governor, but it's plural, of Judah, shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Judah, of Jerusalem, who are the inhabitants? The people. The people will be the strength in the Lord of the host their God. In that day, I will make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch in a shape. And they shall devour all the people round about on the right and the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. That's the day of trumpets, laying the foundation for the day of atonement. Here's the description of the day of atonement. Zechariah 12, 9 through 12. And it shall come to pass in that day, I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. And they shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Notice what they say here. And they, they, the people of Judah, the Jewish people, shall look upon me whom they have pierced and shall mourn for him because they will have recognized that Jesus is the Messiah and that they, their fathers, their forefathers, rejected him. And everything that happened because of that perhaps could have been avoided. And in that day there shall be great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadadrimmon in the valley of Medigo. And the land shall mourn. The atonement is part of God's plan. It's important to us individually. Important to us also understand it as a prophetic event. In Revelation, in Revelation 19, 9 and 10, he says, and and he says unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he says unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said to me, See thou do it not. I am your fellow servant and your brethren. And they 
have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everything that Jesus came to do and fulfill and is continuing to do today because he went to prepare a place for us is in the spirit of prophecy and looks to the future. The day of atonement is the day when the world comes to accept and recognize Jesus as the Messiah and the world ruler. The day when we will have received our reward and our assignment in that government of God to rule and to take over this world and to bring to it the full blessings that God far surpassing any blessings that America has as a Christian nation. No crime, no evil, no murders, no kidnapping, no rape, no wars. Jesus said, pray, thy kingdom come. I think that's a good place to end it. Pray, thy kingdom come.